When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday Warriors episode 35. Joining me as always is my wonderful co-host Liam. Liam, tell me all about... NXT takeover in your house. Ah, uh, yep. So, the show... Right. ...started... Mm-hmm. ...with... Yeah? Damien Priest. No? Uh, the six-woman tag. Yeah? What do you think of that match? Ah, uh, that was a good match. In which... One. Dakota Kai's team. Yeah, what did they do? Won <laughs> the second place prize <laughs> when they lost the match. And then after that, mm-hmm. Damien Priest. Uh, now that I think about it, what did come second? Yeah, I think it was that match. Lost sure, let's go to with Finn Balor. Mm hmm. He had cool white pants. Actually, it, it, it is quite telling that you did, in fact, watch NXT this week and you did not know the result of the six-woman's tag. That is probably that is probably reflective of NXT storytelling, that they did not communicate that What are you talking about? I did know. I know the whole show's results. Uh, then what do we have next? Johnny Gargano. Cast pajamas. Um, lost. Mm-hmm. To Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Limitless. And then it was the world title match. Uh, probably. There's no way of knowing. And Adam Cole won that match. Baby. And, of course, in the main event, mm-hmm. Lo Shirai... Yeah. ...pinned Charlotte... No, because that would make too much sense. <laughs> ...pinned Rhea <laughs> to win the title. You did miss Karrion Cross defeating um, Martha Champa, but don't um, worry about it. But according to my recollection of the show, there was constant Zoom reactions the entire time. Um, was there? Well, from the bit that I watched at the start of this show with the recap, yeah, there was. <laughs> sure thing. Yes, indeed. Takeover in your house was this weekend. Liam, of course, watched it. Yep. Uh, I did say that if Charlotte lost the title without being pinned, Liam, mm. I would open the show with 35 minutes of ranting. Well, before we get to that. Okay. Um, As a firm, you know, 
these NXT in your house, and um, mm-hmm. this week's NXT, both right. firmly pointing us in the case and in the uh, the reality in which uh, our slogan: "We are never wrong." We are, in fact, never wrong, except when you entirely predicted what the backlog brawl would be, and you were entirely um, wrong. That was the B roll. You guys didn't see it. Only mm. insiders <laughs> like us got to see <laughs> yes. the real match. Um, Only NXT Patreon yes. subscribers got yes. the extra behind the scenes stuff. And, and you know, you got to subscribe to the NXT Patreon. You got to keep Paul going. Mm. And um, we were right about everything. We're never, never wrong. wrong. Right about Phantasma. Mm-hmm. Right about the main event. Right. Hashtag never wrong and now we will begin 35 minutes of garrett (laughs) ranting starting (laughs) now uh i really like i really do hate it it makes and there's people that will defend it and defend it until the end of time because i tweeted about how stupid charlotte beating rhea ripley at wrestlemania unstoppable monster unbeatable unbeatable babyface biggest star in the brand actually feels like a difference maker in nxt rhea ripley loses to charlotte at wrestlemania which okay we then, if you go back and w- listen to the episode, right after WrestleMania, we're like, well, the story here is obvious. Charlotte runs through a bunch of people on NXT, you build Rhea back up, and then Rhea wins the title back, conquering Charlotte, fighting on behalf of her brand, and she looks good. It's a nice little tidy story that uses Charlotte to elevate Rhea Ripley and create another star and another brand. But WWE couldn't do that, because they are literally incompetent and incapable of doing good things. So instead, Rhea Ripley loses at WrestleMania, then disappears for a month. Charlotte beats Mia Yim, then uh, has dumbass disqualification win, uh, defeats against Io Shirai, then a stupid tag match, and then we get to... Oh, no, I even forgot about the DQ in Rhea and freaking Io as well. So we, we, we had another stupid uh, step in this story, and then we get to NXT TakeOver in your house. A triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship between Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and Charlotte. And you're like, surely they can't mess this up. This is where, uh, you know, Io's there too, but this is where Rhea beats Charlotte. She gets her win back, and she's back on top as the champion of the brand. And they're like, nah. Instead, Io pins Rhea. So if you're like, how does that help Rhea Ripley? The answer is, it doesn't. If you're asking the question, how has Charlotte's excursion to NXT helped NXT? The answer is, it didn't. Or if you're asking, how does this help Io Shirai? I guess she's champion, but she pinned the nerd that, you know, no one cares about anymore. So NXT is the third brand. They will never shake the stigma of being the third brand. They're still the developmental brand. People are still being called up from NXT, no matter what Triple H says on a conference call. So if you want to reinforce the idea over and over again that this brand is inferior, they did a pretty good job of that by sending Charlotte down there. That everyone down there is just nerds that Charlotte cannot lose to because Charlotte is the star and everyone NXT isn't. And it's one of those things. It runs so counter to just simple wrestling booking logic that you're like, what are you even doing here? Why are we doing this? Why does it happen like this? Why did you set up a situation in which you have a quote-unquote star who did not move ratings whatsoever, Charlotte, come down, beat everybody, not get beaten, and then presumably just go back? 
And even if she comes back, even if she loses to Rhea now, it's too late. And in, I don't know, in like two years, we're going to look back and ask the question, where did it go wrong with Rhea Ripley? In the same way we've asked the questions, where did it go wrong with Roman Reigns? And where did it go wrong with Seth Rollins? And where did it go wrong with Finn Balor? And where did it go wrong with Dean Ambrose? And where did it go wrong with Braun Strowman? And where did it go wrong with Daniel Bryan? And where did it go wrong with CM Punk? We're going to look back and ask the question, where did it go wrong with Rhea Ripley? And we can point square to this feud with Charlotte. This is exactly the moment where she went from a big deal to nothing. Only 31 minutes left. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts on this, Liam? I couldn't possibly care anymore. Nothing in this company matters. Uh Nobody will be a real star. Because they don't care to make anybody a real star. So just watch your matches. Find a favourite, I guess. And hope that they get their turn. Because that's all it is. No one's being pushed to be a star. No one's being tried to make a legitimate draw. There's there's no one out there that they want to be on the same level as a John Cena. Because guess what? They don't want another John Cena. They want a WWE. They want a name brand that draws. They don't care about making a person the draw anymore. Because eventually they'll leave. Because they all leave. Or they don't work out. So that's it. Who cares? Don't be invested in anyone anymore. There's no reason to. And of course, that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if you do not push anybody, if you do not give them a creatively fulfilling place to work, they will not want to work there. As we've seen with The Revival, who we'll talk about on this show. As we've seen with John Moxley, who we'll talk about on this show. So if, if people do not enjoy going to work, if they do not enjoy what they do, they won't want to stay there, even if they're being paid well. Because like John Moxley was probably offered a truckload of money, he still didn't want to stay there because he was miserable. So you create the self-fulfilling prophecy of like people want to people people will leave because it's not a good place to work, so they won't push anybody because everybody leaves. And it's 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 a bizarre, horrible situation they've put themselves in through sheer incompetence. I don't even think it's incompetence. I think it's like partly. It's that a difference. For, yeah, it's it's, it's I, I, a it's, difference. They don't want it. They don't want to make a star. Like they don't. That's like they they're actively not putting that effort in because they just want to have guys on their show. They don't care about having a, a like a, a star that's um, uh, transcending and goes through other mediums to draw new fans. They don't care. They just want to get the ones that they have, try and keep them, which is not even working. But like they, they don't care about making a new star to carry the company. They they want the company to carry the company, <laughs> and it's a strategy that. Sh- Working out very good for them. Well, they got those big TV deals, but otherwise they're driving off people in droves. Which is a wonderful situation they put themselves in. Yeah, but what happens when those TV deals end? <laughs> well, we th- I thought the TV apocalypse was the last TV renewal, and they got TV deals that are better than they could ever imagine. So what do I know? Yeah, but they would still had like double the viewers <laughs> at that point. So yeah, I, like I'd be like, well, what happens when these TV deals come for renewal? And I don't know, they get even more money again and they're rewarded for their income just by being like a relatively big brand who can pull two million people on television still. Sometimes. Barely. The uh, network TV, actually, the fact that they only draw, they, they struggle to break two million at the moment for SmackDown on network television, which is like patently absurd. But 
the, the fact that they're continually rewarded for this, even though like less people are watching, less people go to shows, less people subscribe to the network. They had to stop doing live events. Yeah, they became unprofitable to do live events. The only reason they did it was because the wrestler contract structure is basically that uh, that is set up so that if they don't do live events, these wrestlers don't get paid, and these wrestlers will be very upset if they don't get paid. Oh, well. So yeah, that's your NXT TakeOver In Your House breakdown. Uh, it was actually a pretty good show on the whole. I thought The only yes. match I actively didn't like was the Backlot Brawl, which I thought was, once again, one of those boring WWE cinematic matches because they don't know how to do them. I thought every other match was either good or effective, and I thought Finn Balor against Damian Priest was a tremendous match. The fucking snakes. <laughs> it's rare that I unequivocally like a Damian Priest match, but here we are. Big baby face. And we'll talk about that in this show. He's not, yeah, the, the, him losing to Finn Balor was a babyface turn by all accounts, but we'll get into that. Uh, every week we talk about <laughs> AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT as we transition into these television shows. AEW won last mm. week, so we will talk about AEW Dynamite first, which opened with FTR taking on the Butcher and the Blade in the debut of the team formerly known as the Revival, and a debut in which, bar a dodgy shatter machine, uh, I thought it looked. I thought they looked really good here. They looked sharp as hell. I loved this match. Yeah, this was I really loved this snug. match. They hit each other. They, like FDR worked in a way that you could tell they were motivated. But like everything they did had snap and punch, and it was crisp. And it's like, yeah, this is good wrestling. I mean, when I was watching it, I was like, this is just smooth. Like mm. everything they're doing is so smooth, so crisp, so clean. I was like, these are like well polished professional wrestlers on both sides, and they were beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, and Jericho was enjoying it. He was like, this is my meat and potatoes wrestling that I love. And he's like, we don't get this normally. And all the old men were watching in the crowd. You had Aaron and Tully and Jake just sitting there watching yeah, the, the, they're the all trying tag to, teams. They're all trying to sign the Butcher and the Blade to their brands. Of course. <laughs> the scouting for that um, big The Butcher push, who Andy Williams rules. <laughs> it's so cool. I have, like, such a weird, like, unexplicit, like, I don't know why, but I just think he's such a good, like, character. I'd put him on every poster. That's how much I love Andy Williams' look. You love twirling mustaches? I mean, maybe. Bald heads? Yeah, I liked him when he had the hair more, to be honest. <laughs> I was kind of sad when he came up with the short haircut. And um, Justin Roberts uh, is back. Indeed, Justin Roberts is back as ring announcer. Uh, I like, as I said, I, I agree. I thought this match was really good. I thought FTR looked really good here. I thought, like, like really, really good. If, if you were looking for a debut, we were like, oh, that's a team that, like, really, like, wants to make up for the fact that they haven't been able to do what they love for basically three years. Uh, you, you can see it. You can see it when you watch this match. They're motivated and they, they want to work. And there's lots of teams in AEW for them to have very good matches with. But, like, that's the whole thing with them is, like, They've always just wanted to wrestle. Like, that's always been mm. their thing. It's There was never, like, a... Uh, like, it wasn't a, oh, no, we want more money. It's just, we just want to work. Let us work. <laughs> Damn it. It was the same with Mike Bennett. I know, like, people don't love Mike Bennett, but, like, all Mike Bennett wanted to do was wrestle. Like, not not even, like, you know, have made event matches. The dude just wanted to have matches. The dude just wanted to be on live events. <laughs> he didn't care. He just wanted to do matches. He literally just wanted to wrestle, and he couldn't even get that out of WWE, which is... This company's absurd. He just wanted to do his job. 
after the match the Young Bucks came out they congratulated FTR then Kenny and Hangman came out so we're teasing the, a three way tag feud or maybe a number one contenders match between the Bucks and FTR to face Kenny Omega and Hangman Page That that that's the direction anyway but it looks good yeah and it's gonna be really both those matches are gonna be awesome I think you should save the Young Bucks match cause that can main event at pay-per-view so maybe they'll somehow skip right past the Bucks and go straight to Kenny and Hangman and I think I'm looking forward to the Kenny and Hangman match more. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? Well, Kenny and Hangman have been the better team this year. That is true. And um, I did think it was really interesting that Arn Anderson was in the crowd, like, and being one mm. of the, like, prospective signing guys or whatever they were. Because that, that was clearly the thing they were pushing. It was, like, all of these guys are looking to maybe sign FTR as, like, a team in their, their respective stables, which I guess they're now going to start building. And I think they also, a typical Cody old school nostalgia, I think they like the idea of having the Brain Busters in the crowd watching the team that are obviously the modern equivalent <laughs> of the Brain Busters. Um, there's going to be like some weird long-term story, I feel, where like the Nightmare Family and the Elite do a full split. Because like Cody mm-hmm. and the Elite never interact anymore. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just an interesting point that like eventually, like there's a very clear story there where like the Elite guys go, hey, you haven't paid attention to us for like six months. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Who turns heel, though? <laughs> Cody. The fans are already starting to, like, it's just from, like, internet response, like, people are turning on Cody, man. It's the, it's the problem now that you can't book you can't book a babyface ace anymore. It doesn't work. I, I think you made a salient point last week, though, that uh, it, it doesn't help Cody that he doesn't have that big ace crowd response. Yeah. So it's... It, it takes some of his shine away and makes it it does just make it look like a, a dude who's a main eventer who's now just beating all of the undercard guys. Oh, well, maybe we'll have crowds soon. But like equally, Mark Quinn and like, well, Jungle Boy is probably a, a worse person to beat. But still, you can beat Jungle Boy. But Mark Quinn, you can beat in a singles match every day of the week. You like, can beat Mark him, Quinn in a tag team match every Mar- day of the week. <laughs> Mark Quinn just having like a a match where he got some cool moves on Cody is like a, like an upgrade for him. Mm. Elevation via association. Yeah, how did he get that match? What did he? He got hurt and <laughs> he got a title match. Why didn't even it go to Isaiah Cassidy? I was so confused by his choice, even though like you know it was Phoenix apparently. But don't you worry about editing mistakes in AEW Dynamite that they should definitely have caught. I like. But... I wonder if that like you know how they did the little uh, Road to esque promo for the main event. Mm. I do wonder if that entire promo he was talking about Phoenix because they don't mention Mark Quinn by name at all. There's a good chance he is. <laughs> I really hope he is. That would be funny. I was listening to it, and he was talking like about world class athletes. I was like, is this going to be about Phoenix? They cut around the fact that he said Phoenix's name a couple of times. I, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm with you on this conspiracy theory that they, 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 they recut that promo to remove all mentions of Phoenix and just pretend it was about Mark Quinn. I just thought it was very interesting that he never mentioned Mark Quinn by name. <laughs> hmm. Dasha Gonzalez is interviewing the the nightmare, uh, the natural nightmares, not the nightmare collective. Though they're also is Ali now part of the nightmare collective as well, Liam? Wow, this is just levels to this. Or the nightmare family, even. Well, that's what the whole point of this promo was. QT says yes. that she is. She Chris got the Jericho jacket. Says that she is. The jacket is the sole indicator of the nightmare family. Mm. And did you see? Uh, their little fun dark segment that they had. I don't watch dark. I'm not a mom. Actually, no. I'm very upset with you. I tried to engage with you on dark during the week, and you just ignored it. I don't remember what you said. I was uh, very upset that Alan Angels beat Lee oh, Johnson. Oh no, I did respond. No, you didn't. I you sent just you a message. To something else. No, I sent you a message yeah, later on because I hadn't watched dark at that point. 
I sent you a message saying that um, at least uh, Lee Johnson lost to um, Alan Angels of all the Dork Order members. No, I'm upset. It's worse that he's now a Dork Order man. If he just lost Alan Angels, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool Young Lions match. I was sad. I was was legitimately disappointed, not in like a a storyline way, but like just as a fan that Alan Angels had to turn to the dark side to get his first win. Oh, he had to go to the door. And he's now part of the Dork Order, which means he's He's number five. He's completely out of my brain for the rest of time, like all of them. And Alex Reynolds and Silver are officially three and four. Preston Vance, all the way down to ten. Yeah, who's six through nine? We saw like eight at one point, didn't we? I think, was it nine I think we saw? Oh, we saw like eight and seven in a tag match. So... Yeah, poor Preston Vance. Why are all these people out? Why, is, why does Alan Angels come straight in at five? Well, I like that um, in some things he's pressed ten Vance, and in some things uh-huh. he's Alan Angel five. Oh, God, no, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> no, don't do that. We're just going all around this show at the moment. We're like, yeah, we'll talk about things that happen later. Um, but anyway, the dark bit that I was talking about. Um, mm-hmm. QT Marshall had a singles match. It was originally scheduled to be a tag match, but then Ali convinced him that it should be a singles match because he's a big star. And um, Ali made these really nice shirts, these new natural disaster shirts, which just featured QT in a big, his big uh, PNG in the front, and then tiny little <laughs> Brandy and <laughs> Dustin. And um, then she, she spent all night making shirts for Brandy and Dustin, and they were like 7XL. <laughs> and QT was like, you have to wear them. I like this little story. Yeah, dark rules, man. Uh, no, I'm not going to watch 90 minutes of squash matches. Every match on Darks, for some reason, actually has a story behind it now. If Dark was still a half hour, if it was like three matches like that, I'd be like, all right. But it's like freaking seven or eight. I'm like, nah. I think it's like nine sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's like no, when it's like nine matches that are all squash matches, I'm just like, I'm not going to watch that. I like, do. No. I do appreciate that Dark is kind of like the NXT for AEW and Axe are getting called up. Like, they're starting Axe in Dark and they're turning them into Dynamite Axe. You gotta you gotta work on the act. You gotta polish it up on Dark where nobody's watching. And we saw one of those acts come up today. Two of those we'll acts, about it. We're jumping over the show. We're just... Yeah, we're jumping over this entire show. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Structure. Uh, Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford beat Hikaru and Chris Statlander. Very good match. I like this match a lot. Yeah, it was pretty good. Penelope getting a little pushy. Yeah, Penelope uh, pinned the champ, which one would presume leads her to getting a title shot, which isn't the match I'm particularly looking forward to, but I think it'll be pretty good. It'll be good, like, if it's eight minutes, but there's a good chance it's 14. Uh, yeah, well, it probably should be, like, six minutes as opposed to eight, but... Well, uh, yeah, they, they do seem to insist on all these matches being two-segment matches, even when some of them should not be two-segment matches. I don't even think this should ass. have been two-segment matches. Uh, two match. I was no. like, why did this have to go 10 and also the Revival tag match go 10? Because that means they're just going to be compared to each other. Yeah, they, they do have a horrible habit of, like, too many of their mid-card matches go through breaks when they shouldn't. They just shouldn't. They should just run them through. Yeah, like, like this instead of being like this was six minutes of TV time or well seven, probably seven minutes of TV time but like it was ten and a break just make it seven minutes and go to the break just reformat your show AEW I don't like these breaks during matches that shouldn't probably have breaks yeah uh, Darby Allen it was with his his good friend Tony Hawk I like how <laughs> just... like more so than WWE ever has it's just like a string of like actual celebrities in a row 
that aren't McGruber. Mm. And aren't promoting anything either. They're just there because, I don't know, I suppose they want to be there. They're just friends of friends. It's like, yeah, Tony Hawk was there and Darby Allen tried to skateboard down a ladder. Darby <laughs> Allen. Nice little video. Put him in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> they should. They should put him in the freaking remake of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. They should make a Darby Allen Pro Skater. Or Tony Hawk in the upcoming AEW game. <laughs> they should also do that. Wasn't there, Spider-Man was a player, a playable character in the original Tony Hawk games, wasn't he? Yes. He can be and the... Darth Darby can take the Spider-Man Maul? spot. Yeah, you can take the Spider-Man spot from pretty in September, isn't it? That Tony Hawk game? Mm-hmm. I think it's September, the, the remake of 1 and 2. But, yes. Tony Hawk! They screwed Mike Tyson. I want to see Tony Hawk and Darby Allen against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Hell yeah. Less sex gods versus less skate gods. Ah, yeah. I'd watch the hell out of that. Tony Hawk, cool guy. Yeah, Tony Hawk, like, legitimately interesting dude. Mm. He's a... He seems like a good dude. For someone who is, like, yet, which is always... as absurdly rich. As he is. And as someone who's like, who was at the height of his popularity in the early 2000s, which is when literally everyone on Earth has been cancelled. And he hasn't been cancelled. So that's like, that's a plus. Probably helps to just be a cool guy. There's probably going to be people after this podcast. Like, this is why Tony Hawk is cancelled and it will break my heart. But not quite Tom Hanks break my heart, but alas. It's kind of who's the person that would get cancelled to break your heart, Liam? If someone, if it's, it comes out that they're cancelled and it would like just break you. Ooh, that's a question. I think I, everyone that I like is cancelled already. So <laughs> Liam only has problematic yeah, faves. All my faves are problematic. So, hmm, like, man, if if this Donald Trump guy, <laughs> um, who would uh, Garrett Kidney? Oh no, Poppy. Would you be upset if Poppy was no, cancelled? Poppy was cancelled. I'm pretty sure at one point. Oh no. Everyone's everyone's been cancelled. I don't have any favourites anymore. On the topic of your problematic faves, Jake Hager. What is you my favourite? <laughs> to Tad and Ortiz, the lose to Orange Cassidy. Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor got... He's the most problematic of people. He's reformed. Yeah, best friends defeated the inner circle before Chris Jericho then destroyed Orange Cassidy with a bag of oranges. Like... He broke those oranges. He hit him hard. It's like literally, it was a, a satchel, if you will, of um, probably like a hundred oranges. Probably well, fifty to a hundred. It's probably one. Of, they should do a game where like you have to count the number, predict the number of oranges in the orange bag, and you get to win the orange bag signed by Chris Jericho. But yeah, he he struck him over the head multiple a times with his net orange bag. Full of decaying fruit. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? That's the new. Uh... You know how they have um, Jericho in the bubbly for the action figures? The next one is just going to be orange <laughs> in an orange sack. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, orange Cassidy was bleeding. They did a series Blood of orange, orange. <laughs> Blood orange indeed. Chris Jericho said that. Blood orange has been juiced. That was lame. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good line. Leave him alone. Is it? Uh, I thought the good. Uh, well, it was a pretty good match, but Orange Cassidy was so good in this match. It's because it's just what the occasional reminder that Orange Cassidy is the best wrestler in this company. Well, it's like whenever he wants that to be. Orange Cassidy is one of the best pure baby faces on the Indies ever. Mm. Do you ever think about how Orange Cassidy and New Japan main events are the same because nothing happens in the first half of their matches? Oh, what a hot take that is, Garrett. 
Uh, Damn. I was happy if only someone would take down the New Japan main events. <laughs> I wish New Japan would take down their main events Damn, and cut them in that half. Was actually good. That was actually good. Oh, oh got him. Uh, so, yeah, we're still building toward Jericho against Orange Cassidy, which I, I seem to take Orange Cassidy off TV for a while. I probably should. Nah, see, you're at Fighter Fest. You got you got to sell the seriousness of oranges. You can, you can't undermine the weapon. Yep. Well, he wasn't announced as a manager for the tag match next week, so mm, he was he was beaten with what he loved. Beaten to a pulp. Tony Schiavone was interviewing the Gun Club of Billy and Austin. Gunn. And another gun. There's a third gun who, now. Who was the other gun? There was a third gun son. Was there? Yeah, he's next to Austin. I didn't even notice the third gun. That's where the line came from MGF, where you're getting another, like, talentless son hired. Oh. Oh, well. Shows how much attention I was paying. MGF was talking, so I zoned out. I don't know who the third gun club member is, but I look forward to this reformation of the smoking guns. Mmm. They should bring in Barrett Gun as well, as the the mentors. Gun family. And they should do, like, the LAX against OG's feud, except... The smoking guns against the smoking guns. Smoking the new smoking guns. Yeah, they should do a big civil war between the gun family. The gun club should implode. The gun club is fine. <laughs> this was all to set up uh, MJF against Billy next week. And then Austin and the other gun. And no, Austin and Bart form the gun leet. Oh no! Stop it. And then the golden guns. Oh, well, actually, no, I'm back on board for Golden Gun. That's Coda's <laughs> introduction to air. He joins <laughs> the gun club. <laughs> he joins the gun club to make them the Golden Guns. You're welcome. Oh, uh, Sammy Guevara to be a Cole Cabana in a very nice TV match. Sammy, uh, Cole Cabana is maybe the perfect TV wrestler. Yeah. This is like the perfect AEW mid-card TV match, I think. Like, these two guys together. As a guy who works a very, like, aesthetically appealing style. he He's credible. He's He can still go, even though he's 40. He can still do pretty much everything he ever did. And yeah, he's, he's just a perfect... If you ever want to give a guy 10 minutes to give you a good three and a quarter star TV match, and the, the kind of match that you'll never be disappointed by, mm. and, and never overhype in your head, and you'll just enjoy it as 10 minutes of a television show... I think Cole Cabana is the perfect wrestler. Yeah. I remember, like... And also, every time I see Colt, I just get happy that he's on national television. <laughs> he deserves it. Every time I see him, I'm just like, you finally got there. Good work. So, if you're going to put someone on my TV that just makes a viewer happy every time they see them, that's probably a good thing to have. Indeed. Colt lost, and he is continuing to be recruited by the Dark Order, which is... Uh... I, wonder, I know what number he would be. Uh, what number would he be? Liam? He would be Colt forty-five. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Liam, very good. Thank you so much. You, you know deal. what? You know what number Matt Riddle would be if he was recruited by the Dark Order? Oh, what number would he be, Liam? Oh, uh, he'd be he'd be four twenty. Oh, oh, you, oh, you, you want to know what number Taguchi would be if he was record if he was <laughs> recruited by the Dark Order? Um, no, I don't. Uh, Sixty-nine. I said I didn't want to know. Hey, you don't want to know what number Finn Balor would be if he was recruited by the Dark Order? <laughs> what number would Finn Balor be, Liam? 55. Hey, uh, you want to know what number Kenny Omega would be if he was recruited by the Dark Order? What number would Kenny Omega be if he was recruited by the Dark Order, Liam? <laughs> Six and a quarter. 
Hey. <laughs> you want to know what number Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada would be if they were agreed by the Dark Order? Why both of them? Well, one of them. <laughs> Do you want to know what Tanahashi would be if he was agreed by the Dark Order? What would Tanahashi be? He'd be 11. For 11 IWGP heavyweight title defenses. I would have thought he would have been a 1 in 100. Fuck. That's better. That is better. Mm, hey. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you want to know what number Scott Stein would be? <laughs> I can't do the promo. This is a good bit, though. I like this bit. <laughs> have you run out of wrestler numbers? Um, want to know, know what number Sean Spears would be if he was in the dark? Or he should be 10, Liam. Why is there already a different 10? Now it's Preston Vance. Hey. You done? <laughs> You want to know what number Chris Jericho would be if he joined the Dark Order? What number would he be, Liam? He'd be Y2J. I see what you did there. Get out of here, Stu. (laughs) Well, he could be like 2000. Ah, Y2K. Yeah. Well, this is a good bit and we're going to end it now. Joey Janela and um, A Sunny Kiss are on TV together now. I'm so excited for this. They've been upgraded from Dark. We're doing full Janela Vice. Yeah, it rules. It's so good. Is it? I'm indifferent. No, this is cool. <laughs> this is really cool. And this vignette reminded me why I like Joey Janela. I I agree with that, actually. This was the first vignette that I was like, oh, this is Joey, This is actually Joey Janela. This feels like him instead of him trying to be somebody. This is why I, I think... you signed Joey Janela. Because like, this is what he got his hype for. The vignette's like this. And I hope you keep doing them and you don't just like chuck them out there as a tag team. Mm. But I am excited for this tag team. As I said, like two weeks ago on this show when reviewing Dark. And there, there was a to-be-continued to be graphic at the very end of this. So there will at least be one more. I wonder what, like, they're gonna, are they going to go, like, kill Marty Jannetty or something? Uh, they're going to kill Marty Skrull. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Take down Ring of Honor. Now that's what's going to start the Ring of Honor invasion. Indeed. Next week, we have Billy against MJF. We have uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega against The Natural Nightmares. Uh, there will be a TNT Championship match, I guess. Uh, the Sex God, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho face best friends in a match. That, that should be very good. Also, and Young Bucks against that Sabian match, and Jimmy Havoc. That match determines who uh, goes to Fighter Fest to face the champions. Oh, yes. Their, their, their number one contendership is on the line. So They put it up. Or I guess number three contendership because <laughs> two teams have had title matches before them but alas it was kind of fumbled but like the idea is that they were so mad at Orange's death that they put their title opportunity on the line to get a match with Jericho yeah old Sheavone didn't deliver that fucking note very well and Jericho was on commentary this week he was very energetic he was excited I think it's because he knew that he only had to be on there for like an hour (laughs) so he was through the roof for like literally everything he was shouting but it was alright I like that he just hates Excalibur. (laughs) (laughs) He hates the mask. He doesn't trust them. Mm. You never trust the man who you don't see the face of, as we'll learn on NXT. (laughs) There was also a really good bit where um, earlier in the night, it was like, oh, Excalibur, do you know how to say cannibal in Spanish? And Excalibur's like, no, tell me. And he's like, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) I do enjoy Chris Jericho. He's an amusing human being. Who would have thought, like, you know, give Jericho a stable, huh? It's interesting, yeah, he was, uh, I see we were reading the highlights, or maybe even listened to the episode of Talk to Jericho about the Inner Circle, but yeah, it was like, when when he was, uh, I was reading notes from it, it was like, that Jericho has never had a stable, it's like, oh yeah, he hasn't ever had a stable, the closest thing the he had notes. was like, 
Jericho. That's a tag team. The team. They were, yeah. So it's like have them lead a group. It makes sense. Yeah. WWE doesn't really do stables anymore. Not well anyway. What was their last stable? Was they just there as a stable? They have the Rollins thing going on as well, but well, like, who could possibly care? And they had Selena Vegas thing. So and I they lose every damn match. So is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 I, I, if you if you heard me, if you were paying attention, I said, or at least don't do them well. They also have Semi Zayn's thing. Is that a group, or is that yeah. just more a loose alliance of people no, the, who they don't were, like Braun Strowman? They were called the something collective or something. Nightmare like Collective. <laughs> they were called like the um, Mel Wrestling. Oh, Mel was on the where's show. Mel? Where's Mel? Yeah, Mel was. Mel needs to be featured more on Dynamite because it's been too long, and she was finally on the show, and she didn't do anything important. But I saw her. I saw her there, and I was like, "Oh, that's Mel." So they brought in Mel just to stand there. That's what you do with Mel. That's what you do with a once in a generation Dark talent. Ace. That's what you do with the Ho- Hiroshi Tanahashi of of uh, uh, AEW. Hey, you Mel just w. have her stand there. You know what? Mel brought out the first audible reaction on this show for me when I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was like the third match, and I just saw Mel and the guy went, Mel! <laughs> Liam was entirely unengaged with FTR or the women's match, but Mel showed up, and it's like, oh, this show is cooking. I think it was like, I saw Mel, and then the next segment was the Wardlow Billy Gunn stayed out. I was like, oh, this show <laughs> fucking rules. <laughs> There's going to be a day where AEW book Mel against Wardlow, and this podcast will just <laughs> melt down. It will end. Meltdown? We won't be able to handle it. There's going to be a day... When Wardlow faces someone for the world title and Mel faces someone for the women's title, and we're just gonna die, <laughs> just straight up die. Uh, speaking of dying, uh, Brian Cage threw John Moxley into the back of a car. There in the, in the most like, this is obviously gonna end in a backstage brawl thing ever. <laughs> yeah, the Mox was cutting his promo in the parking lot, and we don't, we know from watching NXT that parking lots are very dangerous places. Or are they? Taz showed up as like, what the hell do you want? Then Cage jumped up behind, threw him into a car. They're wrestling at Fighter Fest. He showed up and he's like, yo, don't talk shit, bro. <laughs> he was really offended at what Mox was saying. It was just a distraction, Liam. He was he, he had to be performatively angry at what John Moxley was saying, so John Moxley would be distracted. Did you like uh, Cage's skinny jeans? Uh, I didn't really notice, so they were no. Ridiculously skinny. You gotta make his legs look big, I guess. That's not what that does. <laughs> that does the opposite, in fact. Skinny is in the name. Cody defeated Mark Winter <laughs> in the TNT <laughs> Championship in our AEW Dynamite main event. This is alright. Mark Winter has some cool moves. Pretty good. It did have the selling thing that I hate, where they work over the leg, and the only way they sell it is they do all of their moves exactly the same, but then they hold their leg after, and I'm like, ugh. I was gonna say, I actually thought Mark Quinn's selling of leg was alright. Now, that like it's the the that's the like you have to meaningfully have it. Like he did fall off the ropes, I'll give him that. But then he just went and did all of his stuff, and I'm well, like, no, you can't just do all of your stuff just a little <laughs> bit slower and then grab your leg. That doesn't like meaningfully. That just slows down your match. It doesn't actually add a meaningful layer to it. My thing is like I'd rather you at least do it, not do it, than just completely <laughs> but- forget about the leg. But that's if if you're gonna do that, just do your match then. Don't bother with the leg match. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mind. Yeah, other than that, cynic. It was a good match. I am a cynic. 
I, I, I think selling is stupid and no one should do it. But if you do it, do it really well. Have a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cody won with a, a new leg lock deal. Cody, has, I like, love that leg lock. I thought it was real mean and real like. It looked it looked very good. It did look very good. I, he didn't catch the the shooting star very well, but because the idea was like he was supposed to grab the leg and do the uh, an ankle lock and then transition into that. Well, catching but, uh, spots it, are mostly bad. Sorry. Well, but you still have to do them well. Uh, yeah, but still good good match. And then uh, again, not a great match. It's not John Cena open challenge level stuff here. Well, he's but... not wrestling Sami Zayn, is he? And Neville. Mm. And Seth Rollins. And Cesaro. And Zack Ryder. Woo, woo, woo. And Cody. Well, maybe Cody one day he will wrestle Zack Ryder in an open challenge. <laughs> then we'll be able to compare directly. If Zack Ryder busts out... Sorry, if Matt Cardona busts out a 450, we'll know. Yeah, so... And we're yeah, after the match. Him and Jake next week, probably. Uh, it's, uh, they said fight for us. Did they? They did. What if he's not champion at Fighter Fest? Yeah, what if he loses it next week? That's a very good point. If he's defending it next week, one presumes he said he's defending it every week. But he expressly said fight first. Yeah. So there you go. That's AW Dynamite. Solid show. Everything was pretty good. Nothing was great except maybe FTR. FTR, I might say, was great. Yeah. Other than that, that was the the highlight for me. Uh, which takes us over to WWE NXT, your favorite show every week. Yeah. Want to talk about our wish for the PS5 first? <laughs> Oh yeah, PS5 reveal is today, which is uh, very upsetting that they did it, well, and we're recording on time for once. I legitimately <laughs> considered f- postponing it so we could talk about the PS5. You'll have to come back next week when it's uh, week old news to hear our takes about the PlayStation 5. What are your wish lists? Uh, there's a lot of rumblings about Final Fantasy 16, which would be exciting. Oh, it's going to be more than just a, hey, here's the price point of the PlayStation deal? It's going to be like a game oh, like- thing? I I, th- I think they they have to have some games. They're 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 not just going to talk about it. if they just if they don't reveal any games. I'll think it's a bit of a dud because like this thing is going to be expensive, and I think it's going to be more expensive than most people expect. So you gotta you gotta justify that. You can't just come out and say we're look at the fancy graphics and it'll be six hundred and fifty dollars. See my thing. I just thought this was going to be a Sony only thing where it's like. Here's the PlayStation. Look at the media features that it has. <laughs> Look what it no, looks if like. They, if they here's do that, the money. If, if they're just like, here's what the box looks like, and here's what the UI looks like, and here's what the menu looks like, and, and here's, here's your release date, the controller, <laughs> and the release date. Uh, I will think that's a bad reveal. They need games. Like, for God's sake, I'm sick of these consoles not having games. I want to see video games on these next gen consoles. Okay, now let's go to the the wish list. So yeah, Final Fantasy 16 would be pretty cool. Bloodborne 2, obviously. That Bloodborne 2 is the big one, I think. Or, or at least a a double, like, they tease us first and they go, Bloodborne Remaster, PlayStation 5. And then they go, ha 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 ha, ha, ha Bloodborne 2. Why would you need to remaster? I suppose, it, I think Bloodborne's 30 FPS, which is the reason everyone wants it on PC, it's, which apparently is it's, also it's, coming. Yeah, it's going to PC. Blue Point. Um, so yeah. Doing... Demon Souls and oh, they'll probably announce the a Demon Souls remaster, which has been in the works. There's some new Crash merchandise that was leaked, so people are thinking a new Crash game. Uh, announce maybe a, a God of War sequel, but like uh, have well, nothing yeah, but the, a logo. The, the, like the stuff you know they have in development, like another Spider-Man game, nearly certainly coming. Another God of War game, nearly certainly coming. Another Horizon game, nearly certainly coming. If you start us off with a Spider-Man announcement and you end us off with a bloodborne 2 that's a good like that's i'm fine with that 
You know what I think is going to be the launch title? The, like, the number one launch title? Yeah. Uh, Last of Us 3. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn 2. That's cool. The first game was really good. I think that's that's going to be their launch title. That's my, my hot take. My my nailed on, we're never wrong prediction is the reveal Horizon Zero Dawn 2 as a PS5 launch title. Well, I think they're going to reveal AEW Wrestling Video Game. <laughs> you got very excited that Xbox were going to reveal the AEW game. Is, is this Don't the say time? very excited like I actually expected it to happen. You, you were like, I really can't wait until they show chris jericho on the xbox conference and he'll pull the the veil off the xbox series x no. and underneath okay, this will be you this. You're, you're completely... all elite wrestling dynamite elite no okay what you actually do okay. is you have chris jericho come in and it's like a screen like first it just looks like a screen right and then jericho comes in and then he hits it with the bat and then the screen falls away and it's the gameplay reveal and the gameplay reveal is of a retro style 1980s oh, video game with no. Chris Jericho. Oh. <laughs> it's Fire Pro, but AEW. It's No Mercy, but AEW. I think people would want that, though. Especially if it looks like it. That's what the, the big that's blocky what the... polygons from the early PS1 and N64 era. Yeah. But you know what? I want to be announced. What do you want to be announced? Give me a second while I think of an answer to a prompt that I gave myself. Uh, <laughs> Devil May Cry 6. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the obvious one, but at least give me my DLC. Um, I want Tekken 8. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers for PlayStation 5. <laughs> PlayStation All-Stars 2. Legit. They should do it. Do it right. Do it good. I don't know what I do want. Do it good. What's, like, the main Sony thing that I want? I, I, I legitimately what I want is to look at that conference tonight or that whatever they do and see this is the next generation because I don't think we've seen that from Xbox yet the, we, the closest we've come to seeing it is from Epic with their freaking Unreal trailer so I want to be able to just look at these games whatever they show tonight and say this is why this next console generation exists and then I'll get it and I'll, I'll, I'll understand why you want me to pay what will probably be $600 for a video game console Six hundred US, so eight hundred Australian. People think it's gonna be five hundred, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think it's gonna be six hundred US. I think it'll be six hundred US as well, and I think people that'll be there'll be a lot of hand. I actually think it might be even more expensive again, but we shall find out. I think my guesstimate would be five fifty to six hundred, based on my Twitter poll yesterday. Well, I voted in the Twitter poll. I voted for six hundred, but. I always thought 550-ish, but then like, I was like, eh. Like, I, my former prediction is 600 or 650. And then I'll take 550 to 600, and we'll see via Price is Right rules. <laughs> WNXE opened with Adam Cole. He was like, hey, I won. Dexter Loomis and Arctic Strong kept seeing Dexter Loomis, and we kept seeing Dexter Loomis, so Dexter Loomis was there and teleported away, or just ducked below the railing. Which I guess is pretty plausible. But, I like yeah. the idea that like the NXT talents in the crowd were like, "What is this fucking? What 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 are you doing? Stand up!" Because like he's crawling around. That's how he's getting from spot to spot. Zia Lee is there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> they should have had a camera behind there just to like watching. <laughs> I've come to the full conclusion that Dexter Loomis is just NXT's boogeyman. And he's coming to get you. Like, like he just is the boogeyman character. Like, everyone's legitimately terrified of him, and he has supernatural powers. I wish I had supernatural powers. I do. Oh. Mm. 
That's where you get all their predictions. From. <laughs> Say the ability to have correct takes constantly. Oh, that, that is a supernatural power when you look at the world yeah. around us. I'm never wrong, and you're never. By a proxy, you get some of my power to be never wrong as well. That, that's why I, I had you on the podcast. That's why we're here. Ba- this is a low energy podcast right at this point. We're just like it's NXT. <laughs> Isn't it it that case every week with NXT? Yeah, this week was extra nothing. (laughs) I did. I liked some things in NXT, particularly what we're going to talk about next. I enjoyed Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae against Keith Lee and Medium. I thought it was a fun match. I particularly liked the finish. I hated the finish. No, it's not even the finish. It's the way they did the finish. Because when Gargano rolled up uh, (laughs) Keith Lee, the the unconscious corpse of... Candice LeRae just rolled all the way out of the ring and then Gargano spent the rest of the time celebrating with her unconscious body like lifting her arm and she was showing no signs of life she was still thoroughly unconscious and that did amuse me I hated it (laughs) I liked you know the corpse being flung but like as far as it makes Keith Lee look like a fucking idiot (laughs) like but a nice guy who doesn't she's a professional wrestler her the job rules. is to get hurt for a living. Why the are you taking... No, this is stupid. It's like... The rules of a mixed tag match are that the men cannot hurt the women. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. If he was DQ'd, whatever. She... Who cares if she takes a hit? It's her job to take a hit. It is against the rules of the wrestling contest. The rules so he are was irrelevant. understandably... No, no, because it, it, it's it's not part of the, 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 the athletic fighting endeavor to hurt the women. So that the fact that he hurt the woman, he's he's a good guy. He is concerned about it. <sighs> <laughs> it's fucking stupid. And it made him look like a big dumb idiot. He's a nice guy who's just concerned about somebody's health, Liam. Come on. Well, nice guys finish last. And that's why he lost. He did, in fact, lose. He was pinned by Johnny Gargano. One would assume building to another match between them. Who knows? Like, the cynic in me just feels like Gargano was supposed to win, but then they wanted to do the Black Lives Matter thing, and they're like, we don't want him to lose after he does it. Yeah. Like, that Like that was like, oh, okay. Well, they started building toward Keith Lee and Finn Balor later in the show as well, so Keith Lee has two programs going the on. The fucking snake. Of course, he did. He did signal his intent to go after the North American Championship, so they could have Gargano beat Keith Lee and then go to Finn against Gargano. Because yeah, Keith Lee started doing stuff with Cole. Uh, indeed, so they could start moving, pivoting all of those programs away. We they went to an interview with Damian Priest. That they have still on the roster. Hmm. This their their roster is weird because they've signed everybody on Earth, but their roster is like Five somehow people. very stale. <laughs> And nobody is ever, like, feeling like they have momentum. And everyone, uh, like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand how this has happened. Mm-hmm. We went to an interview with Damien Priest, who was like, I lost, but I had a good match, so I'm a babyface now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of into Damien Priest as a babyface. I don't mind him as a baby. I thought that, like, this is a babyface turn is stupid, though. He just lost the Finn Balor, and he's like, I had a good fight. I'm a nice guy now. (laughs) It did feel like we're going to lose Dijakovic to Raw, so let's make him the new Dijakovic. (laughs) Hmm. His gear was so tight. Like, tight as in cool. (laughs) Toit, instead of the uh, the tight pants on Brian Cage. Yeah, like, like, as soon as I saw that white gear in, like, the highlight package, I mean, sorry, when I watched the match. um, Yep. 
I was like, bro, this guy, I, I'm into it. I'm back into Damien Priest now. Although I did see when I was watching the match that like Finn did his little finger guns and then Priest did like the arrow shoot thing at him. And I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Everyone was pew, pewing their respective pew, pews. It's like uh, Styles and Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Eating the bullet. Except that was cool. <laughs> Oh, it's cool if it happens in Japan. It's isn't cool it, if it happens at the Tokyo Dome. All right, Damien Priest can't do his arrows in the freaking NXT arena. Because he, why is he a fucking archer? Because he's the archer of infamy. Then why he's does he use a Billy Club? <laughs> he's Legolas. Then, he's other famous archers. Then hit people with an archer, Bree. Well, he's a nice he's a nice boy Bo. now, so he can't. He's a baby face. He won't shoot anybody. That's a baby face thing to do. Shoot people with bows. Then we got the return of... Um, I'm just skipping past the Cameron Grimes bit because I saw it on there the was, sheet. Yeah, the, <laughs> I was, was going to go... Was no, shut up. They, um, they, right. they played EO's real theme again. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, cool. They had Poppy on the show again. I was gonna say they had an entire skit with Cameron Grimes that I was like, why do you even poor Cameron, poor Trevor Lee just cannot escape being a clown, can he? He's a comedy character now. The dude probably has the potential if pushed properly to be like the next Brian Danielson. Actually, when but I he... saw him wrestling, actually wrestling in the Bella match, it gave me a bit of like, oh, I remember why I like him so much. Yeah, and he just cannot escape being booked like just a comic buffoon. He got. Got a big elbow to the face. Mostly because of his accent, I'd imagine. But yes, he, he was hitting the face. Then he was like, I can't compete. I was hitting the face. Then William Regal was like, you're hitting on girls. You can compete. And that was it. Dude, that, that was the story all the time. <laughs> I like the idea that there's a referee that wanders around backstage just carrying William Regal on an iPad to solve problems. <laughs> the anonymous NXT GM. Indus sure defeated some jobbers. Much better squash this than ruled. the last squash. I this thought they, so looked, they, they looked this, good here. This was a straight up Wardlow squash. They just killed him with uh, some shoulder blocks and shit and then hit a, uh, a sidewalk slam leg drop deal. And they won. Yeah, it was sick. I said, much better squash for Indusher than their first one. We had a, a, a video on Breezango telling us all about who they are. They're clowns until the bell rings when they get serious. I actually thought this was pretty good. I still don't want them to be clowns. But they, they said that they're serious once the bell rings. I don't care. All like right. I, I don't mind them being funny. I don't mind them being person, like having personality. But like, just don't come out in spacesuits. Come on, don't be cops. These 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 two are long past these like comedy character roles. Like they, the Fandango has been on television for a decade, which they, they showed us let him... when he won yes, his match at WrestleMania in front of eight thousand people against no one. Uh, he beat nobody. Yes, but that's stupid. Why? Why wouldn't you show him beating Chris Jericho? Why wouldn't you like... show him beating AEW like Ace Chris Jericho? Yeah. If, if, it's more petty to show him beating Chris Jericho, not less. Be I suppose more petty, AWE. They were in a lose-lose situation because we would have called them out on it regardless. <laughs> but at the very least, I, I'm 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 a fan of petty saltiness. I I can get on board with like Smash showing footage of of the jobber guy from WWE NXT pinning Chris Jericho just because it's kind of funny. And yeah, I'd be on board with that. Don't shy away from that. Be more petty. You know what I would do. I'd, each week, I'd release like a best of Cody Rhodes and a best of Chris Jericho and a best of Jack Swagger, and it just all be matches in which they lose. Or it's just an empty video. <sighs> it's just an hour of a black screen. Yes. 
See, that's why we need to be put in charge of everything. Throw some shade. Yeah, we need to get a bit more... Like, AEW's, like, hits its petty, like, moments every now and again. But I need some more, like, fire back. Although I think the entire Robert Stone thing is kind of a petty shot. Oh, he's meant to be Tony Khan? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, Rhea Ripley was being interviewed after her defeated takeover. Ripley, I don't even remember what she said. She probably said something. Um, Oi, Robert Stone my... walked up. Yes, yeah, so you, you do the stereotypical accent. Oi, um, I fucking lost... um yeah cuz robert stone walked up proposed (laughs) that he joined the robert stone brand and then rhea ripley dumped him in a bin which was actually quite rude like robert stone was just making a a business offer it looked like a hell of a bump too it looked like it hurt i was wondering like what she dropped him in first because it looked like it hurt and i was like oh it's a bin all right but like his head was close to hitting that bin i was like oh yeah, poor Robbie. Rhea Ripley's not on the list. Bro. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Cameron Grimes in what you pointed out earlier. A good match. I enjoyed this match. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty damn good match too. I liked... um. There's no point to me making... Like, I like the chops in the match. That's all I was going to say. It makes no... like. <laughs> there's no addition. Like No one's getting anything extra from me mentioning that. <laughs> the chops in the match were good. But the ch- were the chops in the match good, Liam? Yeah. Nice. Nick, bro. Uh, NXT. 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 That's the the depth of analysis that you can give to NXT. It's like, the chops were good. The problem is, each Mm -hmm. and every NXT match, first, there's 25 of them on each show. Yeah. And none of them stay in my head the minute after I watch them. Yeah. Not a single thing from them except, like, the result. (laughs) And half the time, that doesn't even stay. Candice LeRae falling over. Uh, I think I do think Finn is almost veered into underrated territory at this stage because he's having good. Ma- he's probably the best wrestler on the show consistently, and he doesn't get that credit. So give Finn more credit. He's good again. The fucking snakes in the back. Uh, Casey Catanzaro lost to Dakota Kai. That's about it. See what I mean? Caden Carter tried to make. Do a you save. see there what you I go. mean? <laughs> It's like it's like when you're lazy in TEW and you like you book a squash and then you do the standard attack and save. Do you remember what happened in that match? Uh, I do have a problem with the go to kick. I've I've come to realize that name makes absolutely no I sense. I thought the same thing while watching because go to sleep. The whole point of it is you're getting here and then you go to sleep. Go to kick is like literally go to the kick. It should be called Kick to Sleep. Why is it called KTS instead of GTK? It literally, I, it makes no sense. I can't believe that we both thought of that on the <laughs> same episode of NXT. It upset both of us. Also, the Caden Carter run-in like, looked extra planned and choreographed. Mm-hmm. Like It didn't feel like a natural fighting position at all. Or that the, she was naturally responding to what was happening. It's like, I'm hitting my cue. Yeah. And also, apparently her and Casey are tag partners. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't remember that. No, no, neither, no, neither do I. I don't really, Casey has been on this show enough for me to remember. I remember Casey more from American Ninja Warrior than I, I do from NXT. She took the Wicked Step sister <laughs> move. She ran up the warped wall on American Ninja Warrior. She was in the Royal Rumble. Was that on American Ninja Warrior? Yes. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. Phantasma turned heel. 
I'm just, this annoyed me so much. Why would he do it here? Why would he, like, reveal himself as the bad guy the week after he won the title? Like, there was no reason for him to unveil his evil enterprise here. Like, there was a reason last week so he could win the title. He could have done the turn last week and it would have actually had some impact. It would have made sense because you want to do, like, you want to unveil your master plan so you could win the fancy prize. He already won the fancy prize pretty much without the help of his goons. Well, no, and then he's it, just like, no the goons were, like, the direct result of him winning last week. Uh, they they ran in and Spud ran them off. Yeah, and then, yeah, the, no, and then no, Spud is... ran them off and then got thrown back in the ring by him and lost. <laughs> That's what happened. Still, that you do the turn there. It's stupid that you do it here. But um, Liam was right from and the like, beginning. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not going past this. Give him my due. Um, no, I'm not moving past this. I was going to point out that Tom Phillips was like, oh, those guys were kidnapped. It's like, this is the first mention of Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza on the show in three months. Okay, very good. We've recapped it. Give him my due now. Uh, congratulations, Liam. You did successfully predict that Phantasma was in fact behind it all along. Thank you. Uh, sorry, Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar. I wonder if there's any relation to Eric, Eric Escobar. I also, do I you remember Eric Escobar? I do remember Eric Escobar. Uh, love interest of Vicky Guerrero for two weeks. Yeah, remember that? They did like a cool double splash neck snap thing. Mm. And uh, <laughs> DJ Z's hair has grown out and he looks cool. He does look cool. I did also notice that DJ Z looks cool with hair. DJ yeah. Z's cool. He's a good wrestler. Do things with DJ Z, you stupid show. Um, I was going to skip ahead. I know, go back actually to the Timothy Thatcher vignette. Oh yeah. Uh, um, why is he a cla- Why is he also a goof now? He's not a goof. He's hosting a murder trial. But the th- uh, his, his delivery here felt very like corny and cheesy. So it didn't feel like menacing or threatening. It's like, oh, all right. You know, what my favorite bit was. What? He was like, "Go get your lawyer." I don't know why he's British. <laughs> Go get your lawyers to check this out. And I was like, "No wrestlers have lawyers." Hey, some of them have agents. That's where, where Drew Gulak got his negotiation from. Old Drew Gulak. Oh, old Drew Gulak. So next week he's gonna murder them. <laughs> so uh, this is basically I, 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 the um, Ring of Samoa Joe deal from Old Ring of Honor. Yes, definitely. I know that reference. Where Joe would start the show by like doing a like, hey, this is my trainee thing. I'm gonna show you how to do this move, and then he'd like beat up the guy really badly. You know what it's really like? Double J, double MMA. That was yes, that was the exact reference I was gonna make. Yeah, I, I, I knew. <laughs> God damn it, I'm so predictable. Hmm. Will it involve TNA? Uh, next week, we will have the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions against Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, whoever the Tag Team Champions are. Who are the current champions? Bailey and Sasha? Vers- yeah, sure. Um, the, <laughs> you definitely know. The NXT like crowd is so awful. It's so bad. You deserve it means nothing! <laughs> <laughs> when it's just your peers. <laughs> there is a, Maybe it means more when it's no, your peers, Liam. it doesn't. And we also have fall a... and pray, fall and pray, <laughs> fall and pray. We also have Imperium against uh, the Buzango next week for the tag titles. So. Before we had our main event, Adam Cole defeated Dexter Loomis. I wonder if this is just the... Uh, well, uh, they seem to be pivoting back to Loomis against Roderick Strong. But uh, it would be funny if this was just the end of the weird Dexter Loomis undisputed era feud. Yep. <laughs> Tell me all about this match. What do you remember from this match? Like... <laughs> Um, I remember the finish. 
It was in need of the head after a distraction because he had his um, yeah, Koji the, clutch. The Kaja Hajime. <laughs> there you go. And um, he hit him with a kick, and then he hit the running knee, and then he oogity boogity boogity scared Roderick Strong away. <laughs> yeah, then Dream came out, so it was just Adam Cole can before we, wait, Scarlet. Can we go back for a second? At one point in the show, like, and it's been an era just 2007 DX now. Like, yeah, pretty much. All of their background, like, backstage segments, they just feel like 2007 DX. And, like, Roderick Strong going, Whoa, there's a picture. And Cole going, What do you mean? Who could that be from? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think it's fucking from? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this show. Well, no, you had Scarlet show up and then Carrying Cross's thing appeared, and that's going to be the big thing. Carrying Cross Our glasses don't tick. Our glasses don't tick. Our glasses don't tick. tick. Our glasses don't tick. TikTok. 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 Fall and pray. Fall and pray. Fall. Retweet skull emoji. Rock hands. Tick tock. Tick. That's something literally one person on the earth will get. It's a countdown to the expiration of Adam Cole's contract, Liam. Do you think that's actually what it's going to be? Well, like if if freaking. If they've hot-shotted Cross to beat him, sure. I can't wait for Adam Cole, baby, to super kick John Moxley in the back of the head at Fighter Fest. To debut in front of nobody like everybody else in the last six months. You know what's funny? I think that would irritate me more than anyone else that's debuted. Because you know that would be like the same pop as Mox. Probably bigger. Also, he's dead, so he'd have to come in in some sort of Undertaker character. Which they should definitely do. Do you think, man? I could see it. I really could see it. You know what? Like they, you know what they should have done. I, I, he's not currently available. But instead of Killer Cross being the guy to beat Adam Cole, they should have just broken up Undisputed Era and made it to Kyler Riley. If if he's leaving, that should have been the the program they did. And start just like keep doing Undisputed Era, but with Kyle as the main guy. Uh, well, you you could do the the civil war and decide where strong and fish go, but yeah, Cole against Kyle is the program I would have done instead. And then of they cross. finish it in hybrid rules. You're a hybrid rule. Okay. Which is your match of the week? Fall and pray. Um, well, it's FTR versus the Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. But right, I want to give a special shout out to the Wardlow match. He, he didn't have a match. Yeah, the Wardlow match. Into no Sheer versus Enhancement Talent, the Wardlow <laughs> oh, match. Right. <laughs> Squash matches no longer exist. There are now Wardlow matches. Every day is Wardlow match day. Uh, yeah, I'd also be FTR against Butcher and the Blade. Show of the week! <laughs> I wonder which one I liked more. <laughs> the one that I could stand to talk about more than 20 minutes. Uh, also probably AEW. 80%, 20% to the poll. 81%, sorry, 19% if I'm rounding. Uh, AEW for the poll. So there you go. Decisive victory for all wrestling diamond again. I didn't hate this week's NXT, honestly. I thought it was fine. Yeah, but it's just not compelling in any way. Yeah, there's like, no depth there. It's no, like no it, substance, really. It's, but um, it wasn't. I, I didn't find it actively bad. No, I didn't think it was bad either. I just think there's nothing to talk about from it. Because nothing matters. It's like when you watch, a, you put on a random episode of The Simpsons while you're playing a video game just to have background noise. It's the background noise of the pro wrestling world. You can put that on the poster, Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> on their Patreon. You can follow us on Twitter if you'd like to vote in the poll every week at WarGamesPod. Does NXT actually you like- have a Patreon? 
No, they don't. <laughs> he made he made the joke, and it's like, did I miss Triple H starting an NXT Patreon? <laughs> Only the NWA has a Patreon. Is that true? Yes, they do for Carney Land. But you know who else has a Patreon? Uh, John. John, go, go sub to John's Patreon. Say. Yeah, go, go do sub. that. Get it, get it, get out there. Go sub. Go support John's Patreon. You can follow me on Twitter at LarrykinDJ or T-T-K-D-N-E-Y. You can't follow him on Twitter at Larrikin. You can listen to... Just follow, us. Just follow the War Games Twitter, man. I made a cool post about that on there today. And, yeah, you, if you followed the War Games Twitter, you would have understood what Liam was saying like two hours before he said it. Wow. He workshopped his whole TikTok bit on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Carry On Cross and Scarlet just started TikTok. They should. They should all just be them saying "fallen prey" and TikTok. A flim flam. You're a flim flam. If you'd like more elite coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to everything elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for listening, and bye bye. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.